our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Thanks for coming in today. We're super, super excited about our guests that we have live with us in the studio. We're actually in the new digs. Um, they were working, getting the cameras going, getting everything up. We're super happy to be here. And Seth, what yes. went on with you this week? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess the first thing I thought about was um, I was giving Melissa a break, and I took three kids for the first time, just taking all three kids to the park because they had some nice weather. Yeah. And then uh, I just had like this panic just flooded me because the 10 year old's riding his bike around this big loop and he's fine yeah but then my five-year-old almost not even five-year-old's doing a scooter and i can't see him but i'm with the two-year-old and she's falling down and trying to kill me and <laughs> yeah so i just had a moment of panic and then i just like you know i just made it work but uh we had a fun day outside and you know uh except for the 10 year old then he smashed his knee and he acted like it was broken but then of course like after a day it's it magically heals and it's fine so um, gotta love it yeah but we kind of know him already enough to know when it's like, well, it's like, it's like, and I was telling him, it's like, oh, they're going to have to give you a big needle and, you know, definitely going to need surgery. <laughs> I did this same like, thing. <laughs> oh, my God, they're going to cut you open. Yeah. The kids, like, I didn't have medical insurance for a while because I had, you know, four kids. So I would, like, freak about taking the hospital doctor. Actually, my one son blames me for a disfigured leg because it, it he cut it open really bad, so I butterflied it. And he's like, look at this. And I'm like, who sees it? It's on your freaking leg. Who cares? <laughs> nice. Well, mother of the year. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you really did him a disservice, but my kid, he just, <laughs> he just banged his knee, so he was okay. But, you know, other than that, we're, we're gearing up for the fourth kid, so. Oh, yay. yay. When, when is that again? July. Oh, my God. Yes. You'll be me then, dude. Four kids. I will. Rocking that, baby. Well, I have this awesome, awesome story to tell you really quick about my week. So I have to give a shout out to Mr. Parks at Nissi in Little Ferry. It's, 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 he's Little Ferry, New Jersey. It's called Nissi, N-I-S-I, and it stands for National In-Home Service and Installation. And I'll tell you why. So my freezer broke in my Samsung refrigerator Oh, you told freezer. me that. Yeah. Like freaking out because like the freezer was staying cold. Like it was keeping everything kind of like frozen-ish, but you couldn't put anything in it and there was no ice. So like I'm calling all these people and uh, finally... Mr. Park shows up from Nissi. Shows up on a Friday night. That's far from you, little fairy. Little fairy to my house, which is over by the Poconos, okay? So he comes, coolest guy in the world, him and his assistant, they bring their tools. He looks at me, he says, I haven't really worked on refrigerators myself for a long time. He goes, you know, he's like the owner, I guess. So he's like, but I'm going to do this. So he brings all his tools, brings his equipment, all everything that he has to have. And he's I swear to God, working in my refrigerator freezer, his whole body's like in the freezer working on it, working on it, working on it. The man got it done. They take off their shoes when they come in. They're wiping everything up. Oh, nice. They, 
I can't even tell you enough about this place, Nissy. Like I said, it's in Little Ferry. I love this guy. They're coming out to fix the car because I've got a tranny leak and I need these guys out at my house. <laughs> they do the cars too? No, I wish. Oh. Well, you know, who knows? These guys are pretty on top of it. Do you know what Little Fairy's famous for also? No. Uh, you know, Bounty, the paper towels. They used to have commercials with Rosie at the diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the diner was in Little Fairy. Rosie, I didn't know that. Quicker picker upper. I know, showing my age right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, Heather's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. She probably did. It was a famous <laughs> commercial, and the, this woman was like the Bounty lady. Yeah. You know, and she was a Rosie, and she's working at the diner, and she's like she, wiping she up care. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just digging my hole deeper. And, and it's like, yeah, okay. So we've got a great guest with us, and she's sitting right here. And let me tell you something. This was probably, gonna, this is definitely one of my favorite shows ever because I was so excited about having Heather on the show. I actually walked around for days talking about us saying, Heather, the heat, Hardy! <laughs> because that's how stupid I am. Anyway, so let me, everybody knows I'm a super huge sports fan and they know that I've spent 33 years of my life sitting in the stands. Football, baseball, basketball. My kids all got scholarships to college and they all played some kind of ball. So I'm a huge sports fan. My family's huge into sports. So when Heather accepted my invitation to be on my show, I was like so freaking excited. I called my kids. I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest yet. So today's guest, and I'm going to calm down now, is a woman that I have great respect for. And I'll tell you what, admiration, literally fighting through life as a single mom to put food on the table and a roof over her and her child's head big for me let me tell you something about if this woman wrote a book it would have to be called one tough mother i'd have to absolutely <laughs> license this to her it's with great respect and honor that i welcome to the one tough mother show the woman's boxing champion bantamweight and featherweight international boxing champion and the first fighter to be co-promoted in boxing and mma male or female heather the Heat Hardy! Yeah! Welcome! Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so... Thanks for coming in. I know you came right out of training, right? Yeah, I rushed over from, from my wrestling school. <laughs> oh my God, right? That is the best. So you have a fight coming up, right? I'll be fighting February 16th with Bellator and Mohegan Sun. I can't wait. I'm coming, dude. Yeah. I'm going to be right there. For sure. Right in the front. So let's talk about how it got started because I know how it got started but I know a lot of people probably don't how'd you get started uh well I was going through a divorce and I was living I was a single mom obviously living with my little sister who was also a single mom neither one of us were getting child support and uh, I was working like six jobs I was like the dad and my kid sister was like the mom and one day she surprised me with a gift card to go to a little karate school so after I would do all my work, I would go like 8 o'clock at night and, you know, the radio would be on and we would do these classes. And after three weeks, they asked me if I wanted to have a fight. And I thought, yeah, why not? Like, I needed something, you right. know. And I had my first fight, and I was on Chris Algieri's undercard, who was a world champion boxer, right. and he was a world champion kickboxer at the time. And I walked through a crowd of like 2,000 people and got in the ring, and I won my first fight. And it was like... For the first time in my life, I felt like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> that is so cool. Did you go to school? Yes, I have my degree in forensic psychology, actually. But because I had to work 
quick and support my family. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get out of school with a degree and then they put you in a job. I didn't know right. what to do. Right. So I was like selling books and selling lights and I was a secretary doing online stuff. So I was doing a lot of side jobs. My degree really didn't help me feed right. my daughter. <laughs> and you don't do this for the paper. You don't. You do this why? Uh, I fight because I love it. And you, when you find something you love, I think you have to exploit it for as much as you can make out of it right 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 you definitely <laughs> yeah. do you have to run with it and it's tough right i mean you're up against from the beginning though heather it's a man's sport right well it is a man's sport and i say that not because fighting is a man's sport but because financially it's a man's sport they don't pay women to do it and uh, unfortunately with boxing i mean what's what's great is we're finally starting to see some more women get in the spotlight you have clarissa shields the first you know, Olympic gold medals, two-time Olympic gold medals as a female. But it's only 2012, right, Right, that, that women were allowed to, to box in the Olympics. So we're so many steps behind and I have so much further to go. Right, right. And they, they've got to recognize that because it it is a woman's world now. It's coming. I, I know I speak to a lot of my friends and they'll be like, it is a woman's world now. No, it's coming. It is. I mean, I'm 20 and 0, undefeated. I have two titles, and I still have to work two jobs to feed my family because boxing doesn't pay the bills. I mean, when I was boxing, I was on an undercard. Um, I was 15 and 0 at the time, and I was boxing the number two contender to defend my title, and I got paid about $7,000 for it. And the guy who got in the ring... Five minutes after I walked out of it, right. made $150,000 with the same record as me. Um, so oh. it just goes to show, like, it's not a little bit different. It's not like a 60-40 difference. There are tremendous differences. The fact that women, you know, we have Clarissa Shields now who's headlining shows on Showtime. Again, it's it's groundbreaking, right? right like, four, right. three years ago when I was boxing, I was the first female to be televised. And what does it mean if a fighter is not televised? You think, oh, it's no big deal. But then we don't get sponsorships. Right. We're buried on these undercards. So it's like not only are they not paying for us, but big sporting companies don't want to sponsor us and help us. So, you know, where these sponsors would financially help you with your training, I'm working three jobs and having to cram in a fight camp. Right. Whereas some guys get to have nannies do homework with their kids and get extra rest and go to cryo. <laughs> well, it's it's amazing that that you've done so much and, and take us a little bit down your background. Like what did, what did you don't go home and say I'm going to fight? Like how does no. that work out? I grew up in Garrison Beach, which was a really small community in Brooklyn. Uh, basically the entire neighborhood was created by I think one boat came over from Ireland <laughs> and dumped <laughs> a hobby shanty Irish on one little spot and we never left. <laughs> It, we're all about third, second and third generation Irish in. I mean, it's a working class community. Like, I grew up, both my parents worked two jobs to support me and my brother and sister. I was like, you know what they call it, a latchkey kid. I went yeah. to school with the key around my shoe, shoelace on my neck and brought the kids home and did their homework and cooked dinner. We got ready till mommy and daddy finally came home at night. And um, when I had my daughter, I realized, like, it's a good place to live because it's safe, it's community, it's family. We all know each other. Um, but there's no growth is not promoted. Survival is promoted, right? right? In the working class, they don't tell it. Like, no one told me that I'd be able to see the Hollywood sign one day. That was just a dream right. when I was a little girl. Like, wow, I wish I could, I could see that. But no one tells you you can. 
And so for me, I wanted to make my daughter grow up in an, grow up in an environment where she realized that everything is possible with hard work and dedication. It's so true because I was on an interview last night with another show. Someone had me as a guest, and I, the woman asked me, "What what made you think you could do this?" And I said, "Me, because your biggest enemy is yourself." Yeah. I mean, you can you can convince yourself you could do anything or not do anything. It's right. your choice. But it's super hard when you don't have the encouragement around you. Right. And I feel like I would hate for my daughter to have to grow up feeling like she's responsible for her own success or failures. Because as her mother, as her parent, I have to set th the path for her to say, like, yes, we have this, but you can have all these things to expose her. When you grow up in a working class community or a lower class community, like they have two sports for kids. You know, girls can join Girl Scouts and play softball, and the boys can play football or baseball. Like, now that I am here where I live now, like, you go to some of these schools in the city, and there's, like, rugby and swimming and golf and right. basketball, and all sorts of things are available to children whose parents can't afford to give it to them. In the little neighbor, like, where I grew up, it was like wow, we can play golf. <laughs> like, I thought only rich people could do that, you know? Like, and, I, and for me, it's about showing my daughter, I want you to try all the things. Try photography, try art. We didn't have that in our schools. Right. They don't, so those are the things I think of. <laughs> and your daughter's 13, right? She is. Yeah. And you said she's a great kid. She's a really sweet kid, but about as sweet as a 13-year-old can be <laughs> to my <laughs> mama. Yep. Oh, more importantly, right. how's, how's her jab? Uh, so that's what I want to She's know. not a fighter. And like as much Shows as no I interest. want, no, you, you always want the opposite of what your parents want. Right. Like my dad was a Met fan. I got a Yankee tattoo when I was nice. <laughs> 14. <laughs> you know, like you always do the opposite of what your parents do. So fighting is probably the last thing. Like I'll say, oh, bunny, mommy's, mommy's going to box at the Barclays Center. And I get the eye roll. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Can I stay at dad's? <laughs> Are your parents, they're okay with all this? Like, Yeah, my dad was kind of like, uh, he's super old school, old school Irish dad. You know, like, stay out of the gym, stop playing, you're a mother. But uh, I tell you, when I won my first national title as a, as a kid, as an a not a kid, as an amateur, my father was front row crying, man, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, the best. Yeah. Wow, so, so what do you see yourself doing in the future? Keep going, right? I love to fight. So right now, um, my focus is on my fighting career. But in the future, like, I, oh, there's nothing I love more than to teach a little girl to punch with her knuckles. That'd I have a, awesome. I have a whole team. I, I teach lessons at uh, Gleason's gym and at Shadowbox and have a bunch of clients. But my favorite are the little girls who come in and they want to learn to punch and they want to learn to fight. I have a little nine-year-old who I, like, kind of fan correspond with her who's uh, in a little boxing gym by Philly, and she's the only little girl. And uh my goal when I started was they had told me when I had won nationals and I won golden gloves and I did all these fights, uh, and I said, I'm going to turn pro. And, and all the girls were like, well, you know, you're never going to make any money out of this, so it should only be your hobby. And uh, from that moment, I realized I wanted to dedicate my career to having no little 12-year-old girl feel like she's wrong or out of place because she loves boxing. Right. So, right. I mean, if I could do something with that. that. I think that would be great too, right? Seth, what do you think? Oh, my, my daughter's too, and she's, she already had me in an arm bar ah, in bed. I I'm love it. And I'm not a teacher, and she doesn't, we don't yeah. really watch in front of her. She just naturally, she wants to scrap. She yeah, wants to, that's great. She wants to hit, and she's not a, she's not a, she's a still sweet, but she just likes to be physical and, yeah. and rough. So we're, you know, I'm thinking like four years old, 
She can start doing some MMA Put stuff. Put her in jujitsu. It's the best thing a little girl can learn. Self-defense. Okay. You know, boxing is great because it's fun. But jujitsu will teach you. What do you do if someone grabs you? What if you do if someone throws you to the floor or pins you to the wall? And it doesn't matter if it's a small little girl and a big, strong man. When you know what to do. Oh, dude, that is such great advice. I'm going to take I'm going to take, take, I mean take this to my granddaughters. Yeah. Because that's it really Even kickboxing, boxing. You know, like people always ask me, like, you must feel like nobody can with you, you know, like, because you're so tough and you can fight. Right. And uh, boxing and kickboxing, the confidence you get doesn't come from knowing how to fight. It comes from knowing what you can endure, right? Like, I always say, like, I can take a bigger ass whooping than most women can ever give. So I know right. I'm safe, right? right? And that's what fighting teaches you. Jiu-Jitsu actually teaches you self-defense and strategy. And it's great advice, yeah. dude. I'm going to do that for my granddaughters. That's great advice. Because every I, even my grandsons, should be into it. Everybody should know how to defend themselves. Yeah. I just Absolutely. called up all the girls in my family. One of the girls that I teach was just assaulted on the train. And I teach her boxing. And I and I felt so responsible. Like, I wish I would have showed my boxing girls, like, a few self-defense moves. So I sent a big group text to, like, my aunts and my mother. And I was like, pick a day, girls, because I know too much stuff that I would feel responsible if something bad happened to you. And you know what the big Me Too movement and everything yeah. happened recently? Obviously, you've probably talked about this already. I'm sure people have asked yeah. you. You feel like uh, this is something, you know, that not even just not just women, but all like men, women, and children should know how to take care of themselves if they're ever in a situation. I mean, I truly believe that. Like, like you know, it doesn't matter. Like, it could be me and you. You might be able to overpower me, but if I'm smarter at fighting than you, you're not going to be able to submit me. Or, or we're not going to test that out, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good. And you know what's what happens is these girls are in their teens and they think they're all badass and they think they know what's going on because I had one, and. I remember my boys. My boys are like six four, six five, and they're all they were all bodybuilders. So, I, I would say come out and grab them from behind and hold their arms down. You don't know how to get out of that. You don't know what to do. That's what it teaches you. All right, it does. It teaches you where to put your thumbs, how to get your elbow in, like how to turn someone's body around, get under their arm and behind their back. Very small, simple movements that anyone can do. Dude, so I want to do it. <laughs> so you're saying jujitsu is that—that's the discipline you would pick. A hundred percent. Like if I if my daughter said to me, "All right, mommy, I'll do one thing," I'd throw her in jujitsu. Because my son just started. My he's almost five. He started taekwondo. It's his first thing. Taekwondo is incredible. Like yeah. if it, like I. The girl who broke my nose is a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an incredible discipline. But uh, as far as self-defense, I mean, my money's on jiu-jitsu. Gotcha. When did you have your nose broke? My last fight. Oh, my God. Did you see the picture? <laughs> no. but We pre- were talking uh, about it. Credit to your surgeon because he did a great job. Oh, she did. She yeah, thank you. She sorry. didn't have to even <laughs> open her eyes. I'm getting in trouble there. I'm getting in trouble. I'm sorry. I didn't mean me, he. I just meant like the doctor. That's okay. Yeah. I got to give her props. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did a great did. job. <laughs> I couldn't, because I can't, I couldn't tell. It, the glasses cover it. It's still swollen, but everyone's like, oh, your nose looks great. I'm like, my nose looks great for an okay nose, but I had a pretty nose. <laughs> 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 the I miss my pretty nose. You picked the wrong occupation for pretty nose. I know, I know. Yeah. She's like, I said to her, um, oh, I had to have, when I had my surgery, I had to have them cut here and they peeled my nose back to do Ugh. the surgery. She said they didn't have to move with me. The hole was so big, they went right in through the Aye. hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, you know, that, that that's tough. So I'm just so 
interested. So as you were growing up, this is what you wanted to do? No, I never knew it's what I wanted to do. I, I never knew I wanted what, what I wanted to do. You just were like it. going, just like normal kid going through life figuring out. Play sports? Did you like- I played softball. I loved mm-hmm. baseball. I was a tomboy. You know, like yeah. I used to have dirt fights with a little kid across the street. <laughs> I grew up, my best friend was a boy. I used to have rock fights and play war. So you like to scrap. You like, yeah. like to be physical. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it is. Like my mama, I grew up. You know, not to say my mother was abusive, but she was just like an old school Irish mom. Like, you got out of line, she'd backhand you from across the room, throw a shoe, and it'd and like, follow you, yeah. right? Literally, mom, there right. was no hiding it. Yeah. And my mom's thing was like, if I crack you in the face, you look at me and don't you cry or I'll give you a reason to cry, you know? Like, I grew up with a very tough, in a tough family. Like, my mom made sure that nobody outside would break us. And. Mm. That's true. I mean, last night, last fight, my nose was broke. I had a big hole in my face, and I was still fighting. <laughs> and I like that about. I watched the video. Your videos are awesome, by oh, the way. Thank and you. I've, I've showed them to everybody. But I watched the video on her website, which you have to go see. It's, it's killer. Anyway, um, she said, you know, I may not have the best form, and I may, may not be the best, prettiest fighter, but <laughs> let me tell you something. Nobody's going to beat me. <laughs> no, nobody's as tough as me. No. The girls are stronger, better, more disciplined, more experienced. That's fine. But I don't think anyone on the planet who's ever seen me fight will say they, they know a tougher fighter. Because you all. can't teach that. That's that's how I knew that this is what I wanted to do. That's fire. Yeah. It's the fire in you. And... Tell me about how do you feel like when you take a hard hit? You see stars, or are you so mad and you just can pass go past it? No, it's like like I would ask you the same thing. Like, how the hell did you have three more kids after the first one? Right, right. <laughs> right. People have asked me right? that too. After right, they've met my kids. Right, like <laughs> <laughs> like why didn't you stop after one? It's like your adrenaline is up, and it's right. like when you're feeding something you love. Right, and the physical pain really is not an issue right it's nothing i mean sometimes that walk to the cage or that walk to the ring is the longest walk but once i'm in there it's like i'm home yeah once you get in there and everything's going on it just it has to feel like you're there like yeah. you know what you're doing yeah i love it so much oh my gosh that is the most uh-huh. awesome seth what were you gonna ask i knew you were gonna ask something. i'm sorry i'm getting some uh some feedback i was gonna uh, i just i just totally lost my train of thought <laughs> um Wait, I want to ask her about the Golden Gloves. Okay. Okay, tell me about that, the Golden Glove Award. Um, I won the Golden Gloves as the New York City Golden Glove Champion 2012. It was probably one of the highlights of my career. It made me decide I was done in the amateurs. I won all the titles you could win. And I was ready to move on to turn pro. Uh, I had won them in 18 months after my first amateur fight. And it was special for me because it was the last class of Golden Glove champions to win it in Madison Square Garden. Oh, that is cool. So I won my gloves in the garden. That is really, really yeah. cool. That's very cool. And you also, when you 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 fought in the garden at Bellator, right? Yeah, that was that was another, like, I would say that, that moment, winning that fight in Bellator in Madison Square Garden and being on my knees hearing 30,000 people saying my name. Freaking out. That kind of passed childbirth <laughs> wow. for top fives. Yeah. And my daughter is like, no, I get it, Mom. That's where Billy Joel plays his piano. I get it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that, how, you know, and athletes, even the Taz who does a show here, he said that was his one goal is to, to go to Madison Square Garden because yeah. he grew up in Brooklyn too. Yeah, I to mean, think. the Barclays Center is my home. I love boxing there, but... For whatever reason, like... Nostalgia, history. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I stood on the scale Muhammad Ali used to weigh in on. I mean, that was... 
That was a big one. I got goosebumps. <laughs> that that's so true. And funny thing is, I know Muhammad Ali. He was a great guy. Oh, right? Yeah, he was a really cool guy. So you you train at Gleason's at Gleason's, and also at, at I train boxing at Gleason's, but I'm training MMA at Henzo Gracie Academy. Yeah, plug them because yeah. that's awesome. And they have a lot for girls. They have a lot for women. There are so many females. First of all, the only champions right now from Gleason's gym are women. The only active champions, there are six of us. That's cool. From women. Weight classes go from super flyweight to 106 pounds to heavyweight, 204 plus. So that we ha- get a lot of female support. Um, even the female amateurs in the gym are winning titles and beating up all these girls. And the same goes at Henzo Gracie. I have uh, my tr- wrestling uh, jiu-jitsu partner just competed in Pan Ams and travels around the world and competes brown belts, purple belts. I mean, just, I'm surrounded by badass women all day. That 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 really brings your <coughs> game up. That does really bring your. Not only that, people don't realize the, the difference in the sports and the training differences, right? So you, you're you're competing in two different sports. You talk about just like a little bit about how different it is, and it, it probably yeah, take me- us through mentally, your training probably sure. mentally too, right? I mean, it's a lot different. Like people think boxing and MMA is similar because boxing is an MMA, but that's like saying baseball. And Football is similar because they both use a ball that you catch, right? It's well, we've like, seen that with uh, you know, with the Connor and Floyd yeah, fight. Yeah, I mean, like, it's everything from body positioning, and it's like when I go into this, it's really boring stuff. It is. It's like you know when you throw technical, in. Technical. It's right. very very technical stuff. Like you were talking about Paulie, you know, like if I step in with a jab in boxing, I don't have to worry about someone shooting in and ripping my legs out from under me and throwing me on the floor or kicking my legs because my weight is distributed you know unevenly so all these tiny tiny little deep finer details is what i've been practicing like don't take boxing habits into mma things you can get away with in boxing that don't work when people can kick you and throw you on the floor oh my god well, take us through your training day like what do you do when do you get up and how do you uh, i'm in the gym by 6 a.m from six to nine, I'm at Gleason's. I teach clients because I still have to work. So I Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I'm teaching my clients, and then usually from that's boxing, right? Boxing, yeah. I do boxing and kickboxing. Oh, cool. And I have fitness fitness classes, and I'm also teaching like amateur fighters, like whoever comes in Gleason's, whatever you want, you know. Um, and then I'm at Henzo's usually between ten thirty and one o'clock, one thirty every day, and that ranges from. Muay Thai classes to individuals for wrestling and jiu-jitsu. I do boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and MMA sparring there in the cage. So it's like every day I have a different kind of routine. And then usually after that, I work in Flatiron at Shadowbox, which is a fitness boxing gym, but I teach all the teachers there. So I go there and I have lessons there, and then I'm usually running home at 3 o'clock to pick up my daughter, do homework, get snacks, and then usually from like 4.30 until maybe 8 o'clock, I have clients again between Gleason's. And then there's another shadow box in Dumbo. So I'm running back and forth. And then that's between my downtime is when I'm doing like my strength and conditioning and my running and things wow. like that. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And then it's, it's going to be tough that you're, you're still doing MMA training while you're training for a boxing match. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love boxing. So, like, my MMA coaches keep like, stop boxing. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> He's like, just come here and do this work. And I'm like, I can't. I just love it too much. Like, I'll be walking through Gleason's, and we have uh, world champions in Gleason's right now, females. One of the girls is having a fight. Um, 
I, I want to say Switzerland or Finland or Poland, somewhere over there. And I, she asked me last week, can I get some sparring? I'm like, yeah. So I was <laughs> doing eight rounds of boxing sparring and running into the MMA gym. And my coach is like, my God, you don't listen. <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's, it's hard enough to do one of those sports, let alone try yeah. to do both of them at the same time. Yeah. Have you um you, you fell in love with boxing? Is like your love for mixed martial arts is it getting close to your love for boxing? It's growing, you yeah. know. Like when I won my first amateur boxing fight, I thought I was so good, but so bad, right? Like <laughs> it was so good, but I knew like I could only get better because if I was that good, being that bad, imagine how good I would be being good. <laughs> so like it, it kept me in the gym to keep training and practicing and working and learning, and that's kind of how I feel about MMA, like. I'm, my first fight was so good, even though I was so bad, <laughs> you know? And you loved it. Yeah. And you slide I love back. fighting. You slide back in your head, you're in an MMA fight, and you get so involved, the adrenaline's going, you have to slide back into boxing a little, don't you? Yeah, and like that's second nature, which is why I'm doing very little boxing training and more MMA training, because I'm going to be in the cage. So we want habits to come out naturally that are you know, for shooting takedowns and doing leg kicks and grabbing in for the clinch as opposed to trying to find my range as a boxer. And when did you start MMA training in your life? A year ago. That's crazy. It you is. See, she's competing <laughs> with people who have been doing this for 10, 15 years right. or since they're like little kids. That have pictures like throwback Thursdays and pigtails in a game. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, it's insane. That's, that's and they're young, right? They're a lot younger. For sure. I mean, I'm going to be younger 36. Younger and more experienced. Like, yeah. you're, you're against, you're, you got... Um, but they ain't tougher. <laughs> they ain't gonna find one. I promise you that. I they ain't nothing tougher you. than a single mom from Brooklyn. <laughs> Not one. And what about running? How much do you run? I run maybe four or five days a week. Like I try to do a thirty-minute jog. Uh, Hector Roca, who's a famous boxing coach, is my like my papa, my boxing. At Gleason's, right? At Gleason's, yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't my coach, but he's the, like he's my like dad. The guy. He runs, he's the guy. Yeah, yeah you know. And he always taught me that running for boxing is not like for anything other than chill out, make your weight, and watch the birds. <laughs> so oh, that's cool. I take a nice, easy thirty-minute run a couple times a week. Just so. I think you should get announced uh, when you fight. You say the toughest single mom. From uh-huh. I want to do the yeah. announcing. Yeah. Damn it! I'm calling you need up. Some to work th- I'm calling. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. I absolutely do not. I practice that all week. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm going to call the Mohegan Sun, and I'm going to say, okay, this is the deal. I'm going to come announce her. Because there ain't nobody that's going to announce her yeah. better than me. <laughs> there just isn't. But I th- it's, it's, it's amazing to me because you just are so well-rounded, and, and you really have it down. You think this is you, this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. You want to teach this. You want to live this. I want to teach this. it, live it. Breathe it. I mean, like I said, there's nothing that makes me happier than showing a, a little girl how to punch or making a little girl who's good at boxing, who loves fighting, feel like she's not alone, right? Right, Because right. there's nothing worse than that, right. being the only little girl in the boxing gym and doing all the things that all the other little girls don't do. So I love to see, like, little girls doing arm bars and practicing stepping in on their jab or say can you show me boxing tricks on the jump rope like i love that oh that is so cool. what about your social life Heath? i mean seriously <laughs> i just had to, I had to throw schedule? it in there i had to throw it in there schedule? damn it yeah. people would ask. come on i had to throw it in there people ask well i think girlfriend time is mandatory like i have a, a group of girlfriends who are my best friends on the entire planet and it's better than therapy right like right. you have to you right. have to have like-minded girlfriends so that's like mandatory time we 
have what we call roundtable time and whether it be sitting around having coffee or having lunch or just talking because it's so important, like I said, for women to feel like they're not alone. And when you have like-minded people and you realize that you're just as messed up as <laughs> everybody they else, are, right? right? Because one thing I've noticed in my in my you know transition is that no one is more screwed up than an alpha female. Like I am alpha female to the max, right? Like I can do it myself, take care of myself, pay for it myself, get my own ride. But like all the other things, like like, oh, I'll be, like, crying in my house. Like, oh, my God, I'm so fat. You know, like, stupid things like that. That you really need, like, your other alpha female girlfriends to relate because yeah. they're yeah. just as screwed up as you are. Absolutely. <laughs> right? She's like, absolutely right on that. Uh, yeah. so, something's wrong. And if you're training all that time and you're still saying I'm so fat, there's something wrong. I, I just need, said. Like, there is something wrong it. with yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we, need, yeah, we need to have a deeper, longer discussion <laughs> with a professional. Yeah. It's going to be, like, killing yourself all day. Yeah, like what that. do you eat? I mean, seriously. Well, when I'm not fight dieting i'm like i always say is that because for holy shit i fight a lot like i always say like i'm not an athlete i'm a fighter right like i do not eat like an athlete like if i'm not in a fight camp i drink wine i eat chocolate i love cake i love french fries like i love pizza you're normal like i am so normal it's disgusting (laughs) and when i'm in a fight camp usually i crank down the last four weeks of camp where it's like only protein and greens so i try small portions like let it be like a half a piece of salmon and a salad or then my last week where I have to really cut down like the last eight pounds which are the hardest to cut um, is like a few even smaller portions like three bites of protein three bites of greens and mostly water dude we just read last week that she can have wine Wine promotes fat burning. Remember we read oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did see that. As yeah. I, you Ask put, the trainers. I don't, I don't know. I, I know. <laughs> don't, don't listen to Karen. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would. I totally... I could do everything she said except for cut out the wine. I don't care it's about the candy. It's very the difficult. It's it very would, difficult. The wine would be like... I would be like, okay. If Even if I, I just had a sip, I, I'd be cool. I just made this morning. I, I was out of it. I made the wrong... My son can't have peanut butter at school, right? So we'd give him sun, sun butter. So I woke up and made peanut butter and jelly. So I had to eat it. That was my breakfast. So, like when you have a kid, I'm sure you've done that too. Where you're like, yeah, like you three bites of leftover throw. macaroni and cheese yeah. from the exactly. night before out of the pot. Yeah, like I'm totally normal. And you, and, and you, but you lie to yourself and say, I just don't want to waste food. Yeah. Really, you just want to really eat it's it. just like crust of pizza yeah. on the right. plate. You're like, I'll take that crust. Oh, right. Always. Or my daughter will start Can't walking from her her like her put it bring her plate to the garbage. Just, give that to me. give those chicken fingers to me. <laughs> start going to the garbage. Yeah. The ones you bought for. Her, yeah. Right, in quotes. <laughs> yeah. No, Ben there. Well, Heather, thank you. You're going to stay. She's going to do some riffing with us on other stuff. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, we thanks for having it. me. And you're going to stay anyway. But tell us again, the fight is when? The and fight where? is February 16th at Mohegan Sun Casino. You can get tickets on my website at heather-hardy.com. They didn't go live yet, but if you go and you sign up for the... If you sign up for tickets through my site, you get private after-party access. So. I'm doing it. Yeah. Wait, I want to hear more about this after-party. Ah. No, 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 no. You're not, are you going with me? You want to go up? To the fight? What yeah. day is it? Maybe. Oh, I hate you. You're such a wuss. Four, you should see his face yeah. right now. You should see his face right now. I swear to God, he's such you a wuss. put me on the spot. We're doing a yeah, show. Okay, what do you want from me? kids. We'll be right back with headlines and headaches, <laughs> and we'll be schooling Seth when we're done. Mm-hmm. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back and we're, I've, I've got a really exciting news for you because uh, 
We have a big sponsor. Yes, we do. We have I like a sponsor. How you sponsor? Sponsor. I was super excited. I mean, the person that's sponsoring our show for the next couple months, I, I've known him for a really long time, and he, he got into some new ventures, and he called me. He's like, hey, you know, I love your show. I listen to it all the time. Everybody talks about it. Come up here. I, w- I want to talk to you about doing a sponsorship with you. So I went up there, and I've got to tell you, the name of the company is American Cobalt Aqua Farms. They have arapaima, which is a fish from Brazil. It's a super food loaded with omega-3 and omega-6, as well as protein and collagen. True, It's truly a chef's dream because this is a really versatile fish. And I'm huge on fish, certain fish. And this fish was absolutely delicious. He made me this fish. It did not have any fishy taste at all. And it was like the the skin was like golden brown, like fried chicken, and the meat was really white and buttery tasting. It, I'm gonna bring you some. You want me to get you some? Oh, I'm hungry now. Yeah, I'm gonna actually. I'll get you some. Have you want some? Thanks. Uh, you, you eat fish. Fish yeah, is good for your yeah. diet. She's not training. So yeah, mm. no, a fish is still she good. Eats. Right. Yeah. She eats. So American Cobalt Aqua Farms takes pride in supplying healthy and nutritious food through responsible, sustainable, eco-friendly aquaculture. The quality of all natural fish is completely uncompromised. They never use antibiotics, vaccinations, hormones, chemicals, heavy metals, or uncontrolled environmental factors. I was there. It was an incredible, incredible operation. Hmm. They made, I saw it from the minute the little tiny fish, they showed me the little fish in the tank, all the way to these enormous fish that get the size of me or even bigger. They can get, you know, a couple hundred pounds. Wow. And so you've got to really look it up. Look up American Cobalt Aqua Farms. If you're a chef, you've got to try this fish. If you want some of this fish, go online and look up their website or call them at 973-601-8441. It's 973-601-8441. They've got knowledgeable aquaculturists there ready to assist you. Yeah, aquaculturists. I didn't think I'd get through that one. Ready to assist you 24 hours a day, seven mm. days a week. American Cobalt Aqua Farms. You rock. I love to the fish. Can I get some more for free? Because Seth and Heather are hitting me up now. American <laughs> Cobalt Aqua Farms. You rock. You're our sponsor. <laughs> and there we are. I did it. I'm and hungry. You're, I am actually hungry too. Here we go. Seth is here and he's got headaches and headlines. Yeah, I do. Um, we're going to start with a little somber news uh, to start off. Um, obviously, our hearts break over the two high school shootings in, in two days. Uh, the first one... As reported by NBC affiliate in Texas, a 16-year-old boy opened fire inside the cafeteria of an Italy, Italy high school in Texas. Yeah. Um, the 16-year-old walked up to the female 15-year-old freshman, pulled out a gun, and fired twice. The boy has been charged as a juvenile with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. The girl's recovering um, at a Dallas hospital. Her name has not been released, obviously. And the second one was a 15-year-old student opened fire uh, Tuesday at a Marshall County High School in rural Kentucky, killing two people and wounding a dozen more, authorities said. Uh, Both of the victims, a girl who died on the scene and a boy who died of his wounds later at the hospital, were 15 years old. Kentucky Governor uh, Bevin stated uh, Tuesday that there's no good answer for it. Uh, There's a thousand hypotheses that we're not going to go into. And... um, Unfortunately, we, we've had too many of these stories, Karen. I, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. And actually, I've told you before, both my oldest son is the um, superintendent of schools in a school district outside of Philly. My third son is the principal of a high school. Terrifies me. My daughter and my daughters, they all teach. My daughter-in-laws. It, it freaks me out. And I, I really say to my kids, like, are you kidding? Like, 
how much security but Heather, you said it. Tell me what you said when you, we talked about this. I mean, my daughter is going into high school next year. And for me, the most important thing is not like what high school. It's what school is safe. And I'm almost willing to pay anything or do anything to get her into school where I know that I can send her off in the morning. And she's going to be taken care of and looked after with attentive teachers who kind of spot out these things. I find it so hard to believe that nobody saw signs of Maybe someone needs help. And actually, uh, I well, think that too. Kids, these kids yeah. get access to guns. I mean, we, I've talked about this in the past uh, on previous shows. Like the people who have legal or illegal firearms, it, you have to know what, what you're doing to, to keep these away from kids. They have bio, the things you can lock with your, your thumbprint or whatever else. Like you need to lock these guns up as best you can. These kids cannot. We we don't know. We are all parents, but you never know what a kid could snap. We'd like to think it wouldn't be ours, but right. You, they shouldn't have access to guns. Ever. I mean, ever. And you don't know what's going to push them and what, what they're right. going on you in know, school. Right. You know, kids, as you have a 13-year-old, you know, like you said, like 13-year-olds are tough. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the, the life is so, we knew we were teenagers. Life was so hard for us. Everything was such a big deal. You the know? part about this story that blew my mind is both of these schools were in really small rural Tiny towns. towns. Tiny. This isn't Italy, like Texas. inner city. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I try to figure that part out with Heather saying, well, you know, you would, kind of see if it was an inner city school I'd be like okay there's a lot of kids a lot of commotion a lot of things going on but a tiny town like that I, I don't know I'm not blaming the school at all please or the teachers I mean everybody does the best they can to make everybody safe but where were the parents on this too yeah I mean you didn't see your kid was having a problem I don't know but anyway we're really sorry about that it's and we hope it stops uh, <laughs> I, I just, it's hard to what's the answer that's the tough part <laughs> what is the keeps, answer keeps happening it just almost every week um I'm going to jump to uh, Kevin Spacey's scandals cost Netflix $39 million. Killer. Killer. Unbelievable. I, it's, we, we talked earlier about Me Too and just the harassment and what, you know, what Kevin Spacey did. Like the, it's basically pedophilia. Yeah, uh, it, well, it's been allegedly. going on for years and years and years. And it's always been a cover-up. And again, this takes me back. And I'm going to say it. This really takes me to the Matt Lauer thing. Like you didn't – you worked with the guy – Shoulder to shoulder for how many years? You can't tell me you didn't know something. Was People happening. don't care when they're making money. I mean, it's like they just blow. They, rub, they sweep everything under the rug. That's in my opinion. Um, well, you know, he was accused of sexual harassment in October. It spanned years. His canceled projects include House of Cards, which I really enjoyed. House of Cards, like never I saw it. Yeah, it's, it's really well. It's him and Robin Wright. I mean, she's a fantastic actress too, and it's just fun to watch good actors in, in the you know playing the president. You know, it's just good. It was a very well made show. Um, so that's when they're canceled. It's one of Netflix's first original shows. There's a biopic movie, Gore. Uh, the figure provides a hint of how much the wave of scandals that followed allegations of sexual harassment against top producer Harvey Weinstein last year might have cost Hollywood. So It's got to be incredible. It's oh. got to be incredible. Well, that's there. You, get, you, get, you reap what you sell. You get what you deserve. If you're going to be money hungry and just let these you know, animals, you know, run the zoo. And yeah. there has to be an example set for people down the line for the next guy who thinks that he can use his power to overposition a female to think like, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. Right. Exactly. Because now there's going to be repercussions. Not only are you going to get kicked off the shows, but we're going to tell everybody about it. So go ahead and try. Right. 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 Have you had to get physical with a guy? Uh, like if you, is any guy got out of line with you no but i have been sexually assaulted before so this is a very sensitive subject for me and the one thing that most women who are survivors what they talk about is feeling so isolated and alone like no one will believe me and everyone will think it was my fault and this me too mov movement now that is exposing these actors and you know everyone in hollywood is saying yes i do believe her 
Right. Yes, and now no one believes you. And it's d- taking and d- that power away. That is the away. hardest part. Did you run and tell somebody right away? No, it took me years to do it. It was years of shame and embarrassment and feeling like it was my fault. Did you know the person? Yes. Oh, that's the worst, man. And they were probably still around. And yeah. You had to face that every day. Yep. Oh, my God. That's that's the worst. And, uh, and I've learned as I've known and had friends and people, it's so common. Like it is almost common. every woman I know has had a pro- like a serious serious issue. But the truth is, is that only now is when the media is allowing us to feel like it's okay to talk about it, right? Like it's ten years ago, it was a whisper. Like it was like, oh, that happened to you. You told, told your mom. Like, we were a secret sister, society, right? right? It was almost a time too when you would tell your mom, and your mom would say, "Don't tell anyone." Bingo. You know? she's, and that was the way they were raised. And that's not throwing shit Not on your to mom. say my mother did, right. but it, it's very common. And, and like, for me, because I've been so open with my assault, it's like I want people to feel like it's okay to talk. That is not your burden to carry. It's his. And you were a kid because yeah. we have kids. That, we have young girls that listen to the show. 12. She was 12. Unbelievable. So, yeah. It's, uh, and like back in the day, I mean, it's like, well, that's just how men are. You know, and oh, for sure, yeah. and like, like you know, like uh, without getting too political, but what was it locker room talk? Locker room talk, right? Yeah. You know, like said, it's yeah. it's it's time, like right. the time is is up, right? Right, <laughs> time's up, babe. time is up, time is now. I agree, and that's what it went back to our conversation from earlier when we talked about women should know how to take care of themselves, and, right? And mentally or physically, though, uh, have to vocally t- to say yeah. to say no, this is not okay, right. and it's okay for me to say no. Yes. Right, right, right. That's the part. It's okay to be say no. Yeah. It's okay. All right, I don't get Heather all fired up because right. we're, we're, we're about me ready really to beat down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when she started taking off her top of her sweatshirt yeah. and, and doing uh, cracking my knuckles, yeah, kind of like <laughs> I'm, I'm an old man, Heather. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm We're a, probably I'm a, the same age. Oh no, I, I got you beat. Um, all right, let's move on before some someone gets hurt. And that would be me. Um, I saw I, I was I saw a story about this, and it's, uh, it's a little scary. And we always think, you know, when we talk about it, we think about it, but otherwise, people don't think about things like this. Tsunami warnings uh, issued after a 7.9 magnitude earthquake hit Alaska have been canceled. But even just hearing about well, that. Well, we just talked last week about the warnings that there right. was going to be a ballistic missile dropped. Right, in Hawaii, yeah. I mean, the quake hit near Kodiak, Alaska at 12.31 a.m., according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Tsunami warnings were issued for the West Coast, which includes British Columbia and Alaska itself, as well as Hawaii. The alerts have since been canceled. There have been no reports of damages or injuries, CNBC reports. You know, I guess we always think of what's going to be the end. You know, what's going to happen? Like, What catastrophe is going to be so big? You know, like I feel a tsunami could feel like it just take Hawaii out, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. Well, I lived on Hawaii during Hurricane Iwa. I think I've said this in another show. And let me, it, that's when the boats came up in Pearl, they came up into Honolulu, the boats that were in the ocean. And I'll tell you right now, it is very sobering to think that you're on an island. I mean, there isn't a lot of places you're going, dude. Right. And it's, I really literally could drive around that island, around the perimeter of that island in like an hour and 10 minutes. And I would come home like every year, every other year to New Jersey just because so I could have like feel like expanse because how yeah. much I mean people are like, oh my god you live in par-. it was paradise I'm not taking that from it I loved every second of it we were a military it was the greatest however it's an island yeah so what do you got going on next uh, we're, we're gonna go we're gonna go head up to the tough mother mail okay let's do tough mother mail but before we do again yes. I want to definitely thank um, our sponsor who is American Cobalt 
Aquafarms. Please look them up. American Cobalt Aquafarms. Can, can anyone is is he serve restaurants? He serves anyone can order fish from him too. Actually, yeah, I, I yeah, actually this is new. I think their site is is relatively temporary because they just started this. I mean, not him. He's been in this for a long, long time, and he's um, built this expansive, beautiful aqua farm. But um, yeah, I think you can call them and order it, and and I'll bring some to you and try it because you know, well, you and I are always talking about health, and we're always trying to stay healthy, and it was I loved it. I, I mean, eat my kids' leftovers, yeah, 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 me too. So we're here with Tough Mother Mail, and um, we've got some letters, and we want to say if you have a question, and you don't want to ask anyone, or if you want, if you don't care, if you want to ask everyone, but. Write us. Let us know. And we'll be glad to ask your question on the air, and we'll answer the best we can. Again, we're not therapists. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. We're not anything other than tough mother and tough brother. We have some life experience. Yeah, life experience. Together yes. we have probably, I'm not saying. Go ahead. <laughs> Shh. And it's the first letter. Go, yes. Seth. Uh, dear one, tough mother, I, do not, I don't know what to do. My sister is doing drugs. She says it's only weed, but it's not. I've seen other crap, and people tell me she's using with her boyfriend and them. We used to be close. We did a lot together, but not anymore. Since she turned 15, oh God, uh, she met that scumbag and he changed everything. I barely ever see her and never know where she is. When she is around, she's high. I can tell because she sleeps all the time and never eats. She misses a lot of school, but she doesn't care. Both my parents work a couple jobs and don't speak much English, so they don't know what's going on. Don't tell me to tell someone because I'm not narking her out. Mom would die and my dad would kill her. I am freaking out because she's going to get caught or overdose and die. If she does, it would be my fault because I I know and I don't know what to do. If I try to talk to her, she laughs and says, I'm stupid little brother and it's just weed, but it's not. I don't have anybody else. It's just her and I don't want anything to happen. Sign, not stupid. Wow. That's that's really a rough one. And I've been actually in this position like this before and... uh, I'm I'm sorry that you don't have anybody else. And you say she's using, and when I hear the term she's using, that means heroin to me. I mean, that's what that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that. And I know it's really tough because your parents are working a lot, and you don't have anybody to turn to. The only thing I can think of when I hear this, and I, I want to I believe me as a mother and as an adult, I want to say run, run to your, you know, your grandmother, your aunt, your counselor, run to someone and tell them. But you're pretty set on you're not narking her out. You're not narking her out by telling someone. You're not narking her out, honest to God. I'm, I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't believe it. And, I, and believe me, you can trust me. Tell them if you can. I mean, you got to think. you got to get this off your chest. you got to help yourself. you got to go and tell somebody. The other thing I can think of is let her listen to the show. Because you sound so desperate in this letter to hear, to help her. And you, you got to do something. She's got to do something. You have to tell somebody because if she is using, it's a really, really dangerous road she's going down. Heather, what would your parents do if you if they found out you were using drugs? Or you as a found teenager? out somebody your sister was doing it. What would you do? Ah, well, that's the thing. Like you're not knocking her out. You have to tell on her because you need your mom and your dad to kill her because. You not have literally. To, not yeah, literally, yes. right. But she said, yes. like, my dad will kill her. Yeah, we know you No, yeah. you, need, you totally need them to do that. And you need to take that off your chest because, your, like, your sister's problems. It's a little boy. This is right. like 12, Your sister's problems old. aren't your problems. So you have to give them to your parents because your sister's problems are your parents' problems. And they're the ones way better equipped at dealing with her, what's going on with her than you are. 
Absolutely. Seth, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death, it could be, right? So and, it's your brother. It's your younger brother. Are you narking him out? Absolutely. Yeah. I would try to talk to him for it, but it sounds like he tried already. And he's a young, he's, he's 13, she's 15, so he's got. He's 13 you know, you know years old. You're not going to travel life with this guilt on your back? No, God forbid your, your sibling you know, OD'd yeah. and you knew and you didn't say anything. She's 15 and you're, and you're blaming it on the scumbag. And you know what? Okay, I'm going to go with that. At 15, a 15-year-old girl, your hormones are rushing. Somebody pays attention to you. He says, do this, do the that. She does around. it. Your parents aren't around. No. They both work two jobs. You know, it's it's a really tough road this that she's traveling. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. um, you got to tell somebody, dude. And here's the deal: if you just tell me, if you call us back, call us. Go on the website, write us. You know, I'll I'll, I'll call you. Give me your phone number. I'll call you. We'll figure it out together. Because I'm not letting you swing on this one. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, your, your sister can't be using drugs, and she can't be around a guy like that who's going to take her down the wrong path. Because uh, that could mess up your life forever, and, uh, or or you can die. I right. mean. Right. There's no, it's not something to play around with. It's, right. it's not. It's very major. Reach out to us, dude. We'll help you out. We promise. Are right, you ready for the next one? Go ahead. Dear OTM, my friend owes me money and is not paying it back. Oh, I love these letters. I, I let her use my car, and she backed into a truck at the Seven Eleven parking lot. She gave the the guy in the truck my name and number. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> her phone was turned off, and I told him to call her so she could pay him to fix it. He called and he wanted $700 and she said she didn't have it all. So I gave her some. To this day, almost three months later, she hasn't paid me back. If I ask her about it, she says, you know, I don't have it. On top of that, she never mentions the huge debt in my bumper. How do I get my money? How does she get her money, Heather? Um, well, well, call Heather. You <laughs> <laughs> don't pay a visit to your friend. No, but yes. here, you know what? You got an invaluable lesson. It cost you less than $700 to get rid of a bum friend. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. A, uh, what was the movie? Bronx Tale. Yep, yep. Bronx Tale. It yes. cost you less than 700 bucks to realize you can't trust that girl. Uh, <laughs> Next. Exactly. <laughs> That's the simplest answer. Yeah. I mean, and it's a life lesson, right? It'll make you think twice before you lend money to somebody again. So. Although I can... This is Seems like a perfect case for people's court. Yeah, you know this <laughs> reminded me of a Judge Judy. Yes. This is a Judge and Judge thing. Judy yeah. would be like totally out of it. But so yeah. wait, you borrowed her car, you hit a truck, and now you're not paying her back. Okay, you lose. I mean, that's it's an yeah. easy case. Yeah. So maybe they won't take that one. It won't <laughs> be enough to even get to the commercial break of that case. But yeah, I think Heather hit it on the head. I think at a certain point you got to cut your losses. I think we've, I've been. Come in this on, are you before. kidding? Everybody has lent right? somebody money that's a friend or family member and never gotten it back. That just means I ain't lending you nothing again. Exactly. <laughs> Don't come to my door. Well, you're not ever. gonna be my friend either. Yeah. If, if you say I'm having hardship and uh, you know I'm sorry, if you show like some actual caring, this woman's just blowing her off. So right, right. You know. So that's that's it. That's done. Yes. So what do we got next? You got it. Go ahead. Okay, where is it? Um, oh, number, wait, sorry. Number three. I, I wasn't prepared. I thought you were going to okay. read it. Okay, let me find it. Okay. I think it's more appropriate for okay. you to read this one. Oh, dear one tough mother. <laughs> what happened to the other ladies that were on the show? <laughs> well, Heather came in one day. No. <laughs> no. Um, Lisa and Gail were fabulous. We, we love them to death. And we're, we're very, very good friends, all of us. But um, Lisa is a singer and a, an amazing, amazing singer and an amazing um, salesperson. And Gail, who works for Scholastic, is an amazing artist. And th this was my gig. And they came and helped me out. And they got me where I needed to be. And um, so grateful to them both for coming and helping. And they wanted to continue. But it just didn't work with our schedules and everything that was going on. 
So um, they may come in at some point as a guest at some point in life, but right now they're out doing their own gig, right? Yeah, we got Heather. Yeah, we got Heather, and we and we got tough brother Seth, who, yes. who's been bitching and moaning about a T-shirt, and so I've you, got you it. Promise me a T-shirt. I wasn't. <laughs> It's being ordered, I swear. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, you, you really got lucky with that. I did with me, me. with you and yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I paid for that. I paid for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid to have the logo. Man, I got lucky. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, any rate, so again, please, if you if you're got a question, if you want an answer, we'll we'll do our best. It's good old fashioned motherly brotherly advice. We we try to take you know as many letters as we can. I try to keep it at three a show because of what's going on. But you can catch us at onetoughmother dot com, onetoughmother dot net. Of course, all the social media: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook yep. LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I just put you're Seth big, up. You're a big LinkedIn person. Yeah, I really do. I do. I like I LinkedIn. I really do. I love it because it's a lot of professional people and some really good contacts. And that's how there. we've gotten great guests. Oh, there are guests. Yeah, I stalk people down, and it's crazy, crazy great. But thank you, Heather. Thank Thanks you for, for having coming. me, guys. Hey, good luck it. in your, in no, your no, next no, fight. No, no, no. I'm you. going to her fight. Okay. I'm going to her I, fight. I can't wait. Even if I go or don't go, I can still wish her good luck. <laughs> and you can problem? watch it on TV. It'll be on the Paramount Network on February 16th. Uh, is there enough TV networks? I, 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 gotta I know. And they took over Spike, so. Oh, they did? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Paramount is Spike. Oh, oh they okay. Spike? Oh, I'm going to call Spike and get tickets. <laughs> <laughs> good I luck. know those peeps at Spike. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Congra- uh, congratulations on yeah, your career. Thank you. Yeah. It's great having you here. Yeah, Thanks. you're doing great. Keep going what you're going. Good luck with your daughter. Thank you very Let much. Let us know if she needs anything and we'll come we'll back you up. We can, be your, can we be your posse? <laughs> can, can you can you Entourage. I want to be like can Seth carry your towel? <laughs> sure. And I walk behind in with front my of belts, you like right? yeah. I'll, be I'll, carry my I'll, belts. Do the, I'll do the spit bucket. <laughs> That's fine. But you know, more, more than anything, though, you, you, you're providing a great example to your daughter thank for you hard so work much. and dedication. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's better than great. anything. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. We have another great guest. And log on, find us, look for us. We're always there for you. Have a great week. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.